This call is being recorded. Welcome to week 11 of the Banter Pub FC podcast. Uh, same cast of characters, adding some new characters uh, this week that will be joining us momentarily. Um, yeah, it's another exciting week of not football because we're in the middle of a global pandemic. But despite <laughs> that, uh, there are some rumors and rumblings that football may be coming back. There are some cancellations of leagues, not the Premier League, Sheldon. Um, uh, and there's some other, rum- there's some, you know, some transfer rumblings that are happening uh, with uh, two particular football clubs, one of which is represented on the podcast today. So uh, stick around and uh, we will uh, get started. So obviously, um, you know, we're in the middle of a global pandemic and it's still affecting world football. Uh, there is a concerted effort from FIFA um, for the concern. It seems like there is a concerted effort from FIFA and particularly the doctors involved in FIFA to protect the players um, and the employees as well. Um, and counter to that is the league starting to come back. Uh, the German league, uh, the German top league of the Bundesliga uh, is trying their damnedest to get practice started. Uh, It was announced this week that La Liga in Spain uh, is going to start practice again uh, with their players in May. Um, But I think the biggest news out of this week is not leagues trying to figure out how to start up, but it's which leagues are canceled. And the biggest one, I think, is out of France in League One. Many of many folks in the who who follow Prem teams think of League One, and they automatically think it's a farmers league because you know it's a uh, it's kind of a top heavy league in that if your if your club is not a Lyon or PSG or AS Monaco. or even a OM, uh, you are not at the cream of the crop in that league. So I'm curious uh, what everyone thinks. I mean, obviously, I don't know how much attention we were paying to paying attention to the league to any of the League One sides. I tried to pay attention to it as a lover of the sport, um, just because I want to see, particularly former United players, thrive. I'm thinking. I'm, I'm looking at you, Memphis Depay, play, you know, being being the talisman at Lyon. But outside of that, I'm just curious how everyone else thinks about, you know, not necessarily preparing it, you know, preparing uh, the Premier League, but you know, for the potential stoppage because that's still in the rumor mill. We don't know if it's going to stop. We don't know if it's going to be canceled. Right now, it's paused. We don't know if the, we don't know if the current season is going to be canceled though. Right now. Many leagues are being canceled. The latest one is League One. What are your thoughts? Yeah, so this is I'm a, I think I um I think I'm I'm not surprised. I think, you know, leagues are gonna have to scrap it out. Um, they're going to have to figure out what matters more, right? Like that's ultimately what's in the balance. It's like, what do we, what do we care for more, right? There's a, 
the integrity of the sport and I think the spectacle. Like, so for example, there's the option of playing behind closed doors and, you know, all the complications we've discussed in prior podcasts about, about coming back early and like the risk we're putting the players and the staff that run a football match, um, even without spectators, um, the risk we're putting them at before we've, you know, rounded the bend on the, the pandemic, right? Um, that's, that's really the risk. And, and like we've said uh, previously, we haven't figured out when, nobody knows exactly when, uh, when we'll be able to say we've turned we've turned the bend and it, and it will be different in different um, communities. It will be different in different countries. So I think we're going to have to kind of wait and see. And each league will have to make this call by themselves. And then you know the regional and international consortiums will have to figure out you know what to do with those outcomes. Um, you know, in addition to La Liga and Ligon making some calls, you know, I think it was like, was it Switzerland? Ban public, uh, sorry, no, it was the Dutch League. Holland banned large public gatherings till September. And that necessitated bad news for Ajax. And so, so it's just like, yeah, I expect more of this to be a slow rolling i don't expect them all to come out at once they've all got to make their own decisions you know if england responded like germany maybe the prem would be you know maybe liverpool might have a bigger shot at winning the winning Here the title go. yep yep <laughs> i'm so happy that we have finally arrived to what i said was going to happen i told you man for weeks that this was it this is the fairest way to do it it's the fairest way to do it don't but get me here, wrong but but see, here's just... the thing, though. but see here's the thing though league one is not the premier league at least in the premier league joseph and and and, and i'm not trying to counter your point because i because i agree with you but i, I don't know if and, and i'm just making this for for conversational purposes only the, the, this point which is League One, for all intents and purposes, up until up until recently, has been a farmers' league, right? One of the things you highlighted right before we started recording was that there was a span of time where Leon was the cream of the crop. They had won seven league titles in a row, and that right now is you know falling on PSG. They're calling it you know there are a lot of young young fans who only know PSG as champions, don't know any prior history to of League One don't know the greats who have gone come through that league that are uh you know that may be french or of other um uh, nationalities but even still the fact that league one specifically does i feel like league one has the qualities of play you know has a great quality of player um on some of the lesser known teams in the league um, so I'm not trying to belabor your point, but just for the sake of conversation, will this make, will this cancellation of the league for next season make League One more competitive? I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, besides, well, because here's the other factor about League One. They're also, 
essentially the a feeder ground for people <laughs> for sure. bigger clubs to come in and grab folks like look at you know you mentioned monaco like when have they had the same roster or anything close to like say six or seven of the starting 11 stay from year to year um you know they're they're definitely a feeder club as 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 uh well as they perform in the league um they're they're essentially a feeder club so I think what's going to happen is, especially now with the, you know, quote unquote, tighter budgets, the post-corona contraction in uh, funds available for transfers, I think, uh, you know, somebody's going to be looking for a Guendouzi. Um, uh, I think the French League is going to get, get, get uh, extracted from very, very heavily. Like, I think folks will be on that same budget by... Uh, I mean, look at look at the center backs they've been able to produce uh, right. in the recent in recent memory. Like, man, like uh, it's it's pretty it's pretty impressive. I mean, just not even just center backs. Think of players. Uh, who's what's the name of the guy who scored twice um, to squash the possibility of Liverpool going unbeaten? Oh, I'm a star. Some of the, the <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Thank you. My Liverpoolian has been was able to, to, <laughs> to fill the gap for me. <laughs> you know. Yes, star came from I, the French I'm, league. It was I'm amazing. Gonna, yeah, go ahead. You know, like hidden <laughs> talent, right? Like go that's ahead. that's it. Just back to back to back. <laughs> go ahead, Sheldon. Finish your thought. No, I mean, I have I have several thoughts. I mean, I think that. I mean, I, you know, I'll let Ama finish and then, you know, is what, what, let me know when you're done. And actually, <laughs> let me know when Joseph, when Joseph. is here yeah, because <laughs> I already know he, he's he he's got like a bag of tricks he, he's ready to roll out on the table. So uh, I'll Joseph, let him go. The bag is yours. <laughs> Wait, well, um, um, so, okay. I guess we'll start with the first thing that you were talking about, which is the viability of the French League. Now, I don't... Just because PSG have pretty much bought the, the title like every season, except for that season that Monaco won it, which was one of the more exciting league yeah. seasons in a while, I'm not going to turn around here and say that the that the French League is a, a, a presently exciting competition. It isn't at the moment. Like... Um, you know, it would be one thing if PSG were given a run for their money, um, but that only happens in spurts, and it's basically whenever they can be in the mood to do anything spectacular, like uh, Neymar's you know bicycle kick goal the other week. Um, that being said, though, I don't want people to get it twisted and act like Ligue 1 isn't a prestigious competition. It's had some of the best talent in the world play in France, Ronaldinho included which we, he's another topic for another day. We are not going to talk about, you know, Ronaldinho. Yeah, Ronaldinho and the Chamber of Piggies. We're not going to get into that right now. Um, but still, like, the you know, as uh, going back to the seven time, <laughs> the, the seven Pete, <laughs> the Sept Pete, um, I don't, whatever you call that. I mean, they, they, it's not as if they didn't have Brilliant names playing for them as well. Corinne Benzema, Giannino Pobamencano, uh, um, who's, I mean, if you just look at his free kicks that he has scored over the years, you will know why 
Leon were such a good side and they came close to winning the Champions League. They got as far as the semi-final twice, I think, in that run. Um, but they just couldn't get over the hump. So they've it's not as if French teams can't play some football. Like tons of players come from France all the time. Like, you know, it, it, there's there's a strong footballing outfit there. But do I think cancelling the season has any really massive implications on anything? No, nah, I mean, it's hard to say. If you look at it from a Champions League aspect, I don't think that's going to be felt throughout the continent because it has to be a continental competition um, coming up in, when everything restarts. But it's determining who plays in that restarted version. I mean, I don't like the coefficient system, and I'll be the first to say that Arsenal definitely do not deserve that place. Um, by rights, it should go to Leicester and Chelsea, um, as well as Man City and Liverpool. Um, I'm happy with the positioning being used for that purpose, but I do think that the season should be scrapped in a sense of awarding anybody anything, anyone getting relegated, anyone getting promoted. I just think that a freeze is basically the 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 most diplomatic way of doing it. It's the most it's the least problematic option because if you don't give relegation clubs in the Premier League, in the Premier League especially, because I know a lot there's a lot of money knocking about in the Premier League, but it's concentrated at the top, which is a lovely allegory for real life, which we don't have time to get into right now. Right. But as soon as you get relegated, depending on where, the, depending on what kind of club you are, if you're a yo-yo club that does, that depends on those parachute payments and also the ones that you get when you go up. Like that's, that's not a good day for you. Like you are literally fighting for your life. And that's what relegation used to always be about is not, uh, well, it used to be about more fighting to stay within a competition for the prestige of it. You're literally just fighting for in, in the spirit of the sport. But now there's, people are fighting for the actual viability of the club going forward. Because a couple of seasons down in the championship, if the finances aren't right, you could be heading into administration. Just ask Bolton. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's something that really does need looking at. There does need to be a redistribution of wealth across all the, all the leagues, quite frankly. I get that some are using more than others, but that's precisely why it needs to be looked at. They, um, if the Bundesliga can manage it, I don't see why... Um, the Premier League can't, but again, I, I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if awarding anybody anything, especially after something like this, is the is the right way to do it anyway. Because if you're trying to respect the spirit of competition, why would you give a club a title that they hadn't actually won yet? Just because, <laughs> just because we stopped doing things, I don't think anybody who's um, who's a competitor is going to be satisfied with that. I wouldn't be. Well, but I mean, that's just so. I mean, so go ahead, Sean, go ahead, go ahead. Go, no, go ahead no. All right, I was just gonna say, in just looking at the League One table, right? The, the the league is canceled, right? As it stands now, PSG is obviously far and away the champions with sixty eight well, points. Well, Under them, go before ahead. we go, in, sorry, before we go any further, are the French teams also deciding who they? Continental candidates are going to be via coefficient. I, I'm not sure. I don't have. So I think answer. that's. I think that's the thing. So 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 here's here's like a couple of thoughts that I've had. 
One so is, is that the the league has been canceled. It has not been voided, which is a, a very key distinction. There's still questions about all the stuff that we've talked about so far, so far as like well, what happens, you know, the league is canceled, but then what does that mean for next year's UCL? Um, you know, actually PSG has already raised their head and said, hey, look, um, you know, League One is is done, but if y'all need us still to come back and play UCL, like for whatever may try to transpire to finish it this year, like we're down, we'll, we'll fly wherever, like just let us know. Um, and so again, that whole like canceled versus void is a very, very clear distinction because staying in the canceled realm, there remains this possibility, opportunity and necessity to determine like something, right? Because you've still got to say like, okay, let's just say that it was voided. The distinction being, if it was void, that means that nothing this year counts. And then you now have to say, okay, well, does last year's top four count for UCL spots? Does last year's, like, do we just not do any kind of relegation? Like what exactly happens? Because if this year is truly voided, then that means that none of this stuff can really count. So as long as it's canceled, then you have to, and you kind of move to this point where you're saying to yourself, okay, maybe we don't play any more games, but now we've acknowledged that utilizing the, um, the, the points that have been gained, the games that have been played to determine future whatever, um, you know, whether it be trophies or positionings or whatever, you know, that is something that we're looking to do. And therefore, again, like it, it, it'll never be perfect. The only perfect thing would have been everybody playing every single game and, you know, letting it play out. And I think that we all can acknowledge is highly unlikely to happen, um, you know, at, at least in the, uh, the Premier League. Like, I don't think every single game getting played um, is probably going to happen. Um, but, and we definitively know, again, in some leagues, like that's certainly not going to happen. Right. So, uh, you know, again, I think what I was thinking about the other day is this, again, to go back to this distinction between football and American football, which is, I mean, even not, not even just American football, but a lot of American sports where we have this playoff system, you know, uh, for example, the NHL has been talking about, okay, we've played most of the games, but not all of the games. Could we cancel the season, the, reg the rest of the regular season, but still come back and do some, you know, adjusted playoff format? Uh, we don't have that in the Premier League, which I think is, you know, kind of unfortunate, at least in this situation, because personally, I would be fine with saying, okay, fine, whatever, like, regular season, no more games played, but now if you are, you know, whatever, top six, you are entered in a tournament for the title or something like that. Like I would, okay, fine. You know what I mean? Like I, I would, I would feel fine about that, but, um, you know, all this is to say that I think that if you are not completely void in the season to say that you shouldn't award somebody a trophy or anything because it, you know, 
I don't know. I, I mean, I, to me, it just seems like you you still have to, if you're going to take uh, some of that that value that has been you know uh, you know gained through playing the games, like you've just got to go ahead and say, okay, whatever. Again, it's not perfect. It's not how we would have wanted it, but because we don't have a tournament, you know, we don't have a playoff system, because we you know we are probably not going to play all these games. And we have to determine what's going to happen going forward. We've just got to choose some numerical way to determine winners, positioning, and potentially, you know, as we've talked about before, just saying, you know, either no relegation or, and you know, no relegation and promotion, or um, as we've also talked about before, maybe that gets a, uh, a you know, a tournament to see who uh, you know, who ends up getting promoted versus relegated. Um, so those are just, like I said, a, a couple of things that I would say, I don't think to me, it's, to me, it's really unfair to just completely blow off the entire year and then say, well, you know, we're only going to count this portion of what we bothered to play for, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I was, I would say that, um, I think on this show, we've, we've, discussed one of the most appealing options being just freezing things as they are and then playing them out when we're the world is in a more stable situation right like and yeah and just and that would preserve the you know what's happened now you can't get back time you know players age blah 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 like it's not super fair but it's fairer than almost any of the other options I can think of. Um, and you don't have to force, you don't have to construct a new relegation promotion system. You don't need to redefine mm -hmm. who goes where. Mm -hmm. And you get people to compete on the on the field, right? Like to compete for their, you know, their spoils on the field. Uh, like kind of, I think most people would prefer. I think that is, as fair as it can get. It's just, we don't have timing and like the market hates uh, a vacuum or hates uncertainty. And so, you know, that pressure um, is where the leagues, that's, that's what I feel is behind all this activity to make decisions about, you know, restarting and training and blah, blah, blah. And like, oh, behind closed doors and all that, all this other stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, that's, I think that's true. And I think we've talked about it a little bit, or I know we've talked about that some before as well, like two, two, two things of what you said. One is, you know, there's a certain person in this group who talked about, oh, Rooney's so smart. Like, let's just wait until everything, you know, settles down and we'll start playing there. And I think, again, all the players would be fine with that. Again, personally, I would be fine with that. Uh, I think that, you know, starts to bring the question of the next part of what you've talked about, though, which is what is, you know, what happens, we finish this season, you know, which pushes it potentially into what would have been the beginning of the next season, let's say, or something like let's say that happens. If you shorten the next season or you adjust the timing of the next season, well, like there's a domino effect, right? So like how do how do you 
figure out what's going to happen. And I think that's another part of it, which basically aligns with what you're talking about. It's like this uncertainty. Yes, yes there's uncertainty from, you know, fans who want to know, like, what, when the heck am I actually going to be able to watch something? Um, you know, taking us a step up, there's a question of what happens with the money that's already been spent um, on, you know, sponsorships and, you know, all that other kind of jazz. But then taking it another step up, it, again, I think it just goes to long term of, you know, what just popped to my mind is is all the different organizations who are thinking about their conferences. So like, for example, for me, with the National Society of Black Engineers, our annual co convention is, is always end of March. That has been postponed. It was, I think, it's supposed to be in August, I believe they pushed it to initially. Um, and I need to check in and see if they've changed that date again. But it, but the the bring that I bring that up because again, if we start to push those conferences back, all of a sudden you're running into the schedule that you already for for Nesby, those dates and uh, cities and all that stuff has been planned out like five years in advance. So now you're starting to say, okay, well, at some point you start bumping into the windows for other things. And so that's another level of like, what are we doing? And not that there's any perfect way necessarily, but like, you know, the question becomes like, well, we got to figure out what's happening now because we got to start planning for some other stuff that is not necessarily like literally etched in stone, but, you know, it does have longer term implications that are not trivial. So we need to really start figuring out what's going to happen. And, and as, again, it applies to upcoming World Cups, uh, European, um, uh, the Euros, you know what I mean? Like all these different things, like what does the timeline for that stuff end up being and how do we get all the logistics in place to make that stuff still happen? Um, so, I mean, obviously as a Liverpool fan, whatever gives us the title, I'm like, yeah, let's, you know what I mean? But just as a plain old football fan, for me, again, I think that, you know, again, if we're not, I don't, I think voiding is just absolute nonsense just because it's like we've, you've played games, you've played a significant amount of games. It's not like it's the second week of the, the league, you know, so you, you bite the bullet, you, you know, whatever analogy you want to use, pull it, put, put on your big boy pants or whatever you want to say. Um, and you just make a decision and live with it. Um, and and yeah. that's what I think. Yeah. You know I mean, no, so I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. I, I just, my guess on the main thing I want to say about, about like voiding versus not is, and like the country, the, the issue of like postponement rolling into the future plan. Yeah. So, this event, this coronavirus situation, this global pandemic was not a foreseen situation, right? Like this is the, this is where the uncertainty comes from. But when you resume after you've, you know, kind of, we are at a place in this world where, you know, this is not the giant risk that it is now, um, you can now plan and go forward. So yes, if that means a contracted season next season, or a contracted season and it's off kilter, right? It starts at weird times, it ends at weird times, fine. Everybody goes in knowing that, right? Everybody has, you've made, you have a chance, you have your transfer window, you have a way to address, like you know what's coming and everybody has had a chance to um, respond to it. This, this uh, situation is like, yeah, the reason why I don't feel like it's, 
it would be fair to hand out the laurels based on the games played now is there's plenty to play for and the and for those who are playing so the title is not in question but the other spots are and the relegation spots are and it's it's too much to arbitrarily dole out um, or even construct some cockamamie scheme to to you know to to put folks in to, to slot folks where they want because you didn't prepare they didn't have a chance uh, to to prepare and I think if you freeze things and just resume and then say okay now that we know we got we have a mini season of 10 games to go, to finish or like or whatever 92 games total but nine or 10 games for folks each club to play let's figure this stuff out we end that season and then say okay how much preseason do we need how, how much downtime do we need how does this build how does the international calendar like all these organizations are going to have to work together to make the larger thing happen. But yeah, I, so, you know, like, uh, and as, so that's my fundamental point is, is that we can play out the season and let uh, play out the rest of the season when things resolve and, and then give everybody a chance to react to the new normal, right? Like, and what, whatever that looks like rather than doling out, you know, uh, all the spots based on where we are today, because that was, you know, unplanned. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess the thing is, is like I said, you know, and this is really sort of the fundamental thing is none of this is planned. Like, and there's no, it's not as if the, the coronavirus is like a house guest. And I mean, even with a house guest, you know, you don't know when they're leaving, but it's not as if the coronavirus <laughs> came and said like, uh, yeah, I just need a, you know, a place to stay until the end of whatever, May, and I'll be out of your hair, right? Like, so we have no idea. Um, and I think, so again, that's kind of the part of the, uh, the, the uncertainty and why, you know, there's some, there's tension towards making a decision, but also tension against making a decision, because it's like, oh, well, if something changes, we could still yada, yada, yada. But again, I think the longer that it goes on, um, it's one of those things where it's like, let's just decide and kind of put this issue to bed so we can move on to focusing on other things. And I think going back to, like I said, what you just talked about as well, when it comes to the fighting for spots and the, 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 um, the money involved for clubs, you know, losing their, uh, you know, premiership or whatever, um, I think again, there's there's just ways to to deal with that, um, and I think you know. But it also again, there's questions as well about like the transfer market. I don't I don't think we talked about that on this this to, you know a week's podcast. But there are lots of implications as well about what does that mean if we kind of extend this year's um season so like i know again to to bring in other league stuff one of the challenges right now in the nhl is and i'll make this very very quick as, or as quick as i can nhl dave said okay we don't know exactly how the rest of this year is going to play out we're going to try to figure this out but you know what if we they okay so the nhl sorry one point is they're trying to push to have the draft in june still 
And, you know, the NFL just did their virtual draft. So they're like, okay, we can do a virtual draft. We'll do it in June. But then it's like, well, if the, if the year hasn't finished and people usually use that draft time to, you know, trade people and just settle a whole lot of kind of like off season business, if the season hasn't actually finished, like how does, how do you do that fairly? How do you have a draft? How do you trade people? Because for example, if you trade someone at the draft, do they, and the season's not finished, do they only start playing for you after the league finishes or do they start playing with you immediately? Like, how does that play out? And similarly in the premier league, it's like you have a transfer window and you've got people with contracts. Does that, like, what does that do for them? Do they start with you right when the season starts or do they only start with you once that, uh, sorry, when it starts back or does, do they, you know, get to join your club after um, whatever this protracted year might look like, you know, ends? Like, how does, how do you work those things out? So um, again, there's, there's a lot of different implications. I think that goes back to why there's tension from both sides of like, make a decision and then we can start pulling on all these different levers that need to be you know accounted for because there's obviously players to your point sheldon there there's um it's not just the players in contracts thing there there are there are players on pre-contract with particular clubs from previous transfer windows particularly january that are supposed to move to prem to premier league clubs and other leagues respectively uh at you know when the quote-unquote summer transfer window opens, right? And from all int- from all intents and purposes, it just looks like they're going to move to those clubs as soon as the quote-unquote summer window starts, whether or not the this league we are talking about, the Premier League, uh, gets canceled, voided, whatever. I don't think voided is the right direction to go either. I think canceling makes the most and financial sense. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, but we are in no position to make those uh, decisions. We, we are just fans of clubs and that is, you know, the, the, the be all end all, unfortunately, um, from where we stand. Um, you know, I, I, I wish we could say more, but this goes right into our next topic, which will come which we'll talk about right after this quick break which is, uh, as previously mentioned, um, talking about how the UEFA's change in their regulations um, on sporting merit may limit the clubs that are going to be participating in the Champions League and Europa League next season. So stay with us, and after the break, we'll be right back. Thank you. So we're back. And obviously, um, uh, you know, with the – with the way of the world in terms of the uh, pandemic and how it's affecting world football, um, you know, we said we'd be coming back, you know, hot ready. And uh, UEFA has decided, uh, and this is and this is not a decision. This is this is their existing rule book, right? Uh, based on their existing rule book, um, uh, clubs. Uh, what, what what is it? The um, Article 4 of UEFA's Champions League and Europa League regulation states to be, to be eligible to participate in the competition, clubs must have qualified for the competition on sporting merit. As it stands right now, under the current rankings, Manchester City, 
Liverpool, Manchester United, and Arsenal are the top four ranked sides in England, ahead of uh, ahead of Spurs, Chelsea, Leicester, and Wolves. So right now we're looking at a situation <laughs> uh, where, um, based on UEFA's books, clubs that you know didn't even uh, play. In the Champions League, and I'm and I'm including Manchester United in that because obviously we didn't play in the Champions League this year. But snicker, snicker. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's the truth. I mean, it's the truth. We didn't play there, and it's like yeah, you know, yeah. um, it, you know, United and Arsenal had the had the had the opportunity to um, join, uh, you know, based on this rule book based on merit but then the question becomes what does what defines merit based on uefa's rule book because some of these other clubs like your sheffield united's i'm thinking about who currently based on the current table are sitting in uh, probably a really good position to not only disrupt uh the existing table but also they could make a verifiable argument into playing in Europe next season because they've been playing, as we've talked about for several weeks, up until the point where the league was paused, Sheffield was playing lights out. They had several hiccups, but they've been playing lights out. And a lot of that is attributed to their keeper, who happens to be a Manchester United loney. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we can't wait until you come back, Dean. We love you. Um, uh, <laughs> But yeah, I, 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 for one, um, I don't know how to feel about this. I'm going to be honest. Because I know exactly how to feel. Well, I mean, of course. <laughs> I was like, no, I got you, dog. I got you. I know what it is. <laughs> I mean, of course. All, all of our clubs are going to be, based on merit, are going to be playing in Europe. But there are clubs who, you know, have arguments. Like Leicester right now is sitting in second. But you mean to tell me based on merit, they don't play in Europe next year? Based, based on a UEFA? Like that doesn't make any sense. No, and, it doesn't and, make any sense. And if I'm Leicester's board specifically, particularly a board that suffered a tremendous loss this, during this season, I am fighting like hell. To play in Europe next year, fighting like hell. It doesn't make it doesn't make any sense. What, why, why a, a club like Leicester isn't even a part of the conversation? Why, why, why a club like Sheffield? Why a club like Wolves? Like they are, they are. Those three clubs are three or four of the clubs that are on the outside looking in, based on quote unquote merit, right? And based on merit, Liverpool, Arsenal, Manchester City, and Manchester United are all qualified quote-unquote based on merit but is that how much these clubs are known worldwide like what defines merit and until we have that until we have that answer i don't know if i even feel comfortable as a united support supporter playing in europe next year just because we have more merit than some of these other clubs i know that makes and i know that sounds weird coming coming from the mighty mighty manchester united but i just 
something about the, but 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 to me it's something about the spirit of competition and something about these clubs particularly particularly again the Leicester cities if I'm a Leicester city supporter and I'm reading this article and reading this stance from UEFA I'm incensed so obviously we I'd love to know how everyone else feels about this I've said my piece so I'm you know the floor is everyone else's so yeah, I, I, because I know exactly how I feel about it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump in real fast and then pass the pass the mic to the rest of you guys. Um, so, a, um, this coefficient, this this proposal from UEFA would qualify Arsenal for the Champions League. Great! I can't wait to hear the champions at the Arsenal Stadium at uh, the Emirates. <laughs> you know, I want I want that badly. Um, and yeah, I want it bad enough that I'll accept it. However, I, I feel like the terminology, you know, like sporting, the difference is the, the, the sporting merit uh, being defined as, you know, basically how well you've done on aggregate over the past five seasons. Because I believe that's what the coefficient is based on. I, I know I looked it up a couple of... Uh, yeah, that's you what know, I was trying to, to get clarity on. Because I mean, merit, yeah. like that doesn't even... Uh, that's the know, difference it's like yeah. on aggregate it's like your gpa versus your current <laughs> current your right. current spot in the, like in the current semester it's like yeah no right. so cumulatively arsenal has been ha, has been a regular in europe as th that's basically what happens so the johnny come lately to the contention for european spots are being penalized regardless of their current form right and that's that's why it feels so wrong, uh, but yeah, it really is taking. Right. But it, but but it's designed to take into account your performance over the past five years. Like that's that's how the coefficient works. And and on that, I'll accept it. You know, I'll accept <laughs> Arsenal being in there. But I, I just don't. I what I don't like is that they've associated that with sporting merit. Um, in this situation, right? I don't think that that fits this situation where folks, especially if you essentially void the league, right? If you if you say this season never happened, that seems uh, just completely unfair and unacceptable. But if you yeah. if you allow folks to play it out, I feel like that gives the best uh, you know the best outcome for everyone. Yeah, I mean. I, I, again, this is a unique situation compared to what we have in the U.S. because, you know, there's not all, so many tournaments and so many interconnected, like, leagues and, you know, all this kind of stuff, right? So there are. This they just suck. Just Mexico whoops everybody's ass. Well, well Mexican I mean, clubs. <laughs> like to, to, to clarify, sorry. Yeah. What I meant is, is, uh, there are um for the large sports leagues in the, the the states yes there are um in football there are other tournaments that you know uh some of the u.s teams might play in but uh, what i mean is like there's not really an analogous situation for an nfl team having to worry about any other tournament it's you know you play in the nfl you play in the nba you play in the nhl and that's it you know um so um, I mentioned that just because, again, this is a unique thing, because if you're just saying for just strictly with UCL, 
it's not like you can't UCL. The beauty of it is that it, you know, it's the top four or whatever, but anyone who's in that mix from any one of the leagues could win. And regardless of anything, it's just like you get thrown into a pot and you kind of, you know, go for it. And so um, to that point, the taking into you, you can't directly take into account like what someone has done in the league. Like, it's just, you're here, you're here in UCL um, or whatever. And so defining quote unquote merit on your past performance, I can see why that might be a thing, but I think that, and again, I don't know exactly how their calculation works, but I think that if that's going to be the way that it's done, then there needs to be a large multiplier for current league performance, you know, taken into, taken into account. Um, you know, that's, that needs to, to be taken into account because otherwise, yeah, it doesn't, you know, so, and no, so, no shots. Go, go ahead. No, no, real quick. Because, because there's clarity on that. So like the coefficient is not a new thing. Like this, this is not a new thing. It's been used for seeding. Like that's that, like, that's how you determine the seeds. Right. But it is, you know, cause, cause it is, a, there is such a thing, um, um, where, you know, you, in any tournament, you don't want, uh, you don't want your top seeds to meet each other in the group stages, essentially, right? Like, no, 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 no. That, it makes exactly. for a better spectacle. So they, they, they have been using the, this coefficient method. So it's like, it is a thing. It's a thing that has been used. No, no, no. The, I, the, the problem is how they're planning to use it now. Right. So that's what I'm saying to you. Like, right. So thank you for adding in that extra bit of, you know, you know, reinforcement around the, the usage of it. I think that, again, that has merit in not seeing a group of whatever, you know, Barca City, um, I don't know, whatever. It's like a true group of death and everybody's just like whatever you get out in the first you know round and then it's like you know whoever's left is whoever's left um that makes sense what i'm saying is, is that exactly you can't use that uh, coefficient here because that's more so about adding some level of uh what's the word i'm i'm trying to find the right word you know you're just adding a, you know, again, an element to the seating and to the games gamesmanship once you get thrown into the pot that does, you know, kind of account for what do people want to watch in short, right? But right. at the at the end of the day, like again, if you're talking about who gets thrown into the pot, that's what I'm saying. Like you've got to take your coefficient and you gotta say, okay, we're in a unique situation. And we need to add a multiplier for what we, you know, what's going to happen going next. And this is why I think, I, I think personally, I, the short story is I don't think the coefficient is a great way of doing it. I, I don't think that's really a viable option. I think it has to be either the leagues play out their, their rest of their games, which obviously in league one, that's not going to happen. Um, and, or it needs to happen where you take whatever that final standing was and, you know, you say, excuse me, you know, it may seem unfair, but again, nothing was going to be 100% fair. So this is who plays the next year. And honestly, we don't have our city representative here, but 
um, as much as we, as much as we, you know, uh, tease him again, it's like, it's one of those things. It's like, your team is not going to be, you know, in the, uh, in, in, you know, in Europe for two years. And so like, so they should be replaced get, by a Leicester or a Spur or a Arsenal. Spur. You guys would already be here. <laughs> he wants two so, spots, just in case. I say we give the spot. I say we give the spot to um, Sheffield United and be done with it. Um, Over Leicester, really? Yes. Yes. No. 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 Just kidding. <laughs> um, yes. Yes. Yeah. Wait, wait, no. No. Uh, yeah. Upon review, that's actually a really bad idea. So let's go ahead and give it to Leicester. Saved by um, VAR. Leicester saved by VAR. <laughs> I mean, uh, the the whole point is is that look, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it if um if that's what it comes right down to, when everything restarts and the coefficients of you have you know been decided upon. Obviously, Man City will not be there because they you know they're they're a bunch of um book uh, cookers. <laughs> What's the word? I'm, there was a certain word I'm looking for. Ah, yes, uh, frauds. There are a bunch of frauds. Um, you know, so it's unfortunate that they will not be joining us this season. However, um, uh, you know, I don't see any reason why. You know, if we're using the coefficient system, you know, we're obviously dropping Manchester City out, put Leicester in, and there's your lot. And you use the league to go ahead and get things you know, back on the track where the competition decides who goes rather than the coefficients. Because there's, you know, you're just going to have to hold your nose and just do it, I think, is where we're at with it. That's, and I don't really have too much more to add to what it was you guys are saying, apart from the fact that, yeah, coefficients is all we've got. That's literally the only thing we can use now because everything else. To use to start extrapolating things from the competition itself, which is, for all intents and purposes, dead and buried. Um, it's, it's someone is someone is going to be upset, and you can easily argue that that is an injustice against the club that is being either relegated without having a chance to fight for it, titles being awarded in leagues that are much closer than the Premier League are, by the way. But it just doesn't seem right. So use the coefficients to decide the competitions next season. That's fine. Everything else, though, should be voided. I, I genuinely do believe that everything should be voided. Because if you start handing out things one after another, someone is going to legitimately have a grievance. The best thing to do is to not. To, the best thing to do is to not give anybody any bargaining power whatsoever, and void the competition. But then, but that's what I'm just saying to you. That's still, that still leaves someone with a legitimate grievance. I mean, let's just forgetting about Liverpool. There's still going to be someone from you know, championship, who's like, well, what the hell happens to me? You know, um, I mean, honestly, even though the we, we focus primarily on the loss of dropping out of Premier League or, you know, going to UCL, there's still, a, you know, financial difference for folks as they move up the table, you know? And so although you wouldn't drop out, the idea that you'd completely, like, void the league, you still were like, okay, well, what the hell – like what happens to that money distribution? Like how do we, how, how do we still like again? There's always going to be somebody who's like, we should have played the games. There's you know you've robbed me of an opportunity. Um, like there's there's always going to be that problem. 
And that's why I said, like, if you're if you're voiding, then you have to deal with the questions that come along with like truly voiding. And if you're not, then to me, you've just got to go ahead and say, like you said, you gotta hold your nose and you just say, okay, here's the let me let me let me drink this this really nasty, you know, elixir here so that I can get through and feel better. And a part of that is saying who's going to go up, who's going to go down, um, you know, and, and figuring out some way for awarding Champions League spots and, like, just just moving forward. Um, because, yeah, there's there's always going to be somebody who's, even if, if somebody's right now in their league only winning by, you know, goal differential. I don't think that applies anywhere, but let's just say that, like, somebody is still going to, be upset so um yeah i mean look yeah but no i mean at the end of the day it's just like you have you have to theme today you, you, you have to look at it in a more, much more pragmatic sense than that I mean, you're only gonna keep arguing this because Liverpool get the title no, at the end I'm, of your scenario. No. Listen, I'm listen, not if, having even, it. Even We're if just... we... <laughs> listen, I'm not... Liverpool need only one weekend to potentially win. Like, I, believe me, like, let's play the games. Like, I, I literally, I let's play the games because I know that it, most two weekends, that's all we need, and we're good. So. That is not even, or you know, two two games. Not even to be two weekends. You want to play on a, a Monday and a Friday. You know what I mean? Like, fine by me. But I think that again, it's forgetting about Liverpool. And like I said, not even talking about the title. Like, you just gotta. There's so many things. Like I said, with this UCL stuff. What? Who goes to Europa? Who? Um, yeah, and especially like I said, this year is not a. Uh, you know, it's not like the traditional top six where you're just like, who cares? Arsenal, you know, United, like, okay, it's the same typical top six. Who cares? Like, we'll figure it out next year. You've got the Sheffields, you know, fighting in there. You got the Leicesters in there. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Who 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 knows what happened next year? You know what I mean? And so they fought so hard to be where they are, to just be like, eh, sorry, buds, like. They got so far, and in the end, it doesn't even matter. Right, right. At the end of at the end of the day, that's all very unfortunate. But no, like the you know, it's just like you, you have to look at this much more pragmatic. I'm thinking strictly about how it's it's the difference between making a decision that inconveniences people by financial ruin, or inconveniences people by sake of not being in a competition that you otherwise would have been in and that's the thing it just makes much more financial sense to just because this this is what it ultimately comes down to we'll all agree that this is all going to come down to a financial decision okay then you want to lose the least amount of money as a football club then the right decision to make is to void the competition period it just makes much more sense you do not want to be sending three more clubs into an increasing 
really bad financial problem between the disparities between the Premier League and the rest of the Football League. You don't want that on your head. And football has been teetering on a knife's edge financially. The only thing that really props it up as far as the Premier League is concerned are these TV billions, bro. That's it. Same thing for the Champions League. Like, we can, you know, it's all nice and shiny. And then a pandemic, Miss Rona comes through and it's just like, okay, well, that's all cancelled today. And all it needed was one kind of, you know, level event of this nature where you have to you have to really consider the financial viability of your organization if you can handle another kind of like crisis like this and like for like 90% of them football included it's the answer is no so you have to go ahead and cut costs if you fair. if you void the season do people still get that money because if you voided the season like how do you let's say do what what money if you void the season if no more games are played those Contracts that you just talked about, those TV contracts, mm-hmm. people are still coming for that money. Yeah, but you're going to, gonna... but you're going, but you're going to prorate them. So you're, if you're the Premier League, for example, you're going to sit down with Sky and BT and basically, like, all right, pay us for the matches during this particular season. Prorate it based off the matches that were actually televised. That's 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 what you say. <laughs> you know what I mean, like. That's I mean, the fairest way to do it, though. I'm just saying it's that I'm looking at. I'm, I'm not, not looking for... that it's, that prorating is not a, a fair way to do it. What I'm saying to you is that it's an mm. assumption to say that that's what they would do because, again, just like when people were talking about the, um, you know, even people today, like talking about like M- NBC uh, Gold and with other streaming services for, um, you know the baseball and and basketball and whatever, like, you know, paying for ESPN. And they're like, hey, man, I haven't been able to watch games. Y'all should give me back my money. And they're like, oh, all right. (laughs) I mean, they're like, cool. Like, sounds like a good story. Let me know how that works out for you. You know what I mean? Like, the premise, yeah. Like, I haven't been able to watch, you know, hockey in however many weeks. We haven't been able to watch football in however many weeks and we've paid for the ability to access that but i have not received yet a refund a, a prorated amount for that and i am not holding my breath that that will happen um well, uh, so well real quick i think i think one of the issues with the tv money is like it might have already been disbursed and the leagues have already exactly. spent it <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're, 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 they're going to come and, back for that, that and, money, though. And the negotiation is about like, oh, can we give you back the, you know, the, the, uh, the balance later because uh, we didn't expect to be not generating money right now. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that, so it's like all this is speculation, though. I don't know. Um, I don't know what the actual situation is, but I suspect, right, like that that media money that um, isn't dispersed in a uh on the uh on demand kind of mechanism i think it goes <laughs> it goes a little they've probably re- the, the leagues probably re- received um a big chunk that they haven't delivered content for yet yeah i mean i like i said i'm i'm pretty sure i read a couple of weeks ago that they had already received the money and that was the big thing is like again it goes back to those tensions of like they know that the tv people have been coming back to them saying look like we need to figure something out y'all 
you know what I mean? And the, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the Premier League and other leagues have been like, uh, yeah, yeah, make a make an appointment with my secretary. I'll get right on that, right? Like they keep, you know what I mean, blowing them off. Like, yeah, yeah, we get to that. We get to that. Sure, sure, sure. Makes sense. But the reality is that, and, you know, that creates some of this pressure of like, if they can get the, make the right legal argument about what's going to happen, um, you know, sorry, what should happen, there's pressure to say, let's play these games so that we can say that we televise these games and we can keep this money that's already in our pocket and we don't have to give back nothing. We don't have to like, that's another part of this tension. But um, I don't think we're going to say much more <laughs> yeah, yeah, at this point. Yeah, I, you know, I, this, is a, this is a very obviously contentious topic and we've talked about it a number of uh, episodes now and it's not really, uh, we're we're all basing it on conjecture and speculation, um, and that's really all we can do in terms of how we would want things to progress based on the teams we based on the clubs we support. Um, that's really where a lot of our conjecture and opinion come from. Um, yeah, spirit of the game. Yeah, competition. But you know, when we come back, speaking of competition and looking at the future. Um, when when we come on the other side of the break, um, we're going to talk about uh, what's happening, what could be happening in terms of the uh, potential of five substitutes versus three. So join us after the break. And we're back. And obviously, you know, uh, as our big final set, uh, you know, as our big final segment, um, we are looking at looking towards the future. Um, and looking at the future, looking at what the future could hold for particularly the Premier League. Um, and I think, I think, I, I, I don't know how any of you feel, but I think this could potentially could be a game changer for the entire league. Obviously, during the preseason, uh, teams get or clubs get the opportunity to have unlimited uh, substitutes. Um, and I think for the foreseeable future, I think the possibility of five subs versus three subs would be a tremendous way for players to maintain their overall health and to avoid injury. Um, you know, uh, I think I don't want to go back into a time machine for a lot of these games and think about how many injuries could have been avoided for the clubs on you know that are represented on this particular episode and the clubs that are not the amount of games the particular players whether they are star players whether they are bench players whatever the amount of time they've been uh, sidelined for injuries major injuries minor injuries that could have been avoided had they had the opportunity to come off in the middle of a game with two two additional subs versus three one of the things that we herald managers for is how strategic they are and when they use their subs. Um, managers, I think, would argue that having five subs would be a blessing, not just to sub players on and off for their own health, but also to extend the life of games um, and to make games more interesting. Imagine you know, for, you know, in the case of Sheldon, uh, Hendo coming off 
uh, the bench as a fifth sub or fourth sub having the opportunity to or being switched off for another mid or being switched off for another midfielder. Imagine if Arteta had the opportunity to play both um, Lacazette and Alba at the top um, and have multiple subs to come off the bench uh, for Arsenal. Imagine if Ole Gunnar Solskjaer had, um, you know, multiple subs to use during the course of our transitional midfield time at United. Um, you know, the same could be said for Pep Guardiola and City. The same could be said for um, uh, Jose, Jose Mourinho at Spurs, um, which is still weird to say. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, like there's um, obviously this is a this is a big deal looking towards the future, and obviously you know I I love the idea of five subs. I really, truly do. I think that could be a game changer for the future. And I would like to see it implemented across the world of football, not just in the Premier League. So I turn it over to the other, go- the other hosts. And what are y'all thoughts? I think we'll be mostly agreed here. Um, Maybe somebody comes up with a, uh, you know, I don't know, some nuance, but I think, yeah, particularly for whatever we do after this uh, event, uh, having five for the short term, particularly, like I said, if we're going to try to play all those 90 some odd games in, in a couple of weeks, it's just like you need to take care of players' bodies and, and all that kind of stuff. Um you know, again, to echo what you said, the idea of, you know, the subs are, are a tactical, um, you know, centerpiece. You know, you're not just choosing who starts. You're figuring out, well, who should be on my bench? And, you know, then who can I pull off my bench at what time? And, you know, all these different things. And so um, while it makes it, I don't know, I think on some levels the, there's a question of, like, does it make that decision less of an issue? Because now that you know you have more subs to make, um, do you start to put people on your bench that you would normally not do? Because, like, for example, if you play with whatever, two forwards, and you know you only have three subs, you're not going to put extra forwards on your bench because you know there's the likelihood that you'll ever actually sub out both of those people is low, right? Uh, but now you've got five, and you're like, hmm, maybe I will actually sub out both of my people because I'll still have two, I'm sorry, you'll, I'll still have three, you know, subs left to do with, you know, uh, to use for the rest of my squad. Um, and so maybe, again, that changes the tactics. But I think fundamentally, um, you know, the, the point is, the fundamental point is about the health of the players, which I'm all for. So I say let it play out, see how it works. Um, see how it changes the game, and then if it's it has a positive impact, go ahead and and up the number. Anyone else? Ama, go ahead. I'm I'm in I'm in favor of it, um, and I you know so the biggest you know so a it's coming from FIFA, so this is a proposal that if adopted would would 
be global, which is great, affecting, you know, most uh, levels of the game. And then secondly, um, yeah, and it's, it's also a signal that these bodies are actually actually care about the folks who play the game right about the health exactly. of the people who, who provide the spectacle that we all enjoy right um which is a good it's a real that that's the number one thing i took out of it was they say it was a signal that wasn't all about the money that wasn't all you know it wasn't about who's gonna win the trophy or you know get handed one it's it was really about about you know just the health of the players um i think it does open the door for more tactical situation so for example like what if you put constraints on the five maybe you don't get to use five subs in the for in the second half that you must use one of them in the first half or something like or to have all five or i don't know something to encourage to encourage the coaches to not run the players into the ground because that um that's the that's the fear upon restart is that folks won't be fit and won't be match fit and and then we'll ask them to play, you know, whatever contracted schedule or whatever it is in order to get these games done. Um, and and that will lead to negative health outcomes. So good job, FIFA, um, thinking about that and proposing something. Um, but yeah, interesting tactics wise, right? Like, you know, um, you can switch when you, you can switch. I, I feel like it gives coaches more tactical options um especially like in the second half like i, I just think it's pretty it's really it's a remarkable proposal and I, I don't think i've mined the depth of the possibilities that it creates but um like 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 sheldon in, indicated like both from what who you put on your bench but also from who you start versus you know it may not be a big deal maybe players average time on the field goes from you know 80 minutes down to 60 right because we get more players involved there's you know and uh and that that's good for the development of the game hopefully because some of those guys getting minutes will be uh the younger players who who need that uh first first team first team minutes under their belt to develop so like amazing i'm i'm all in favor of that well, uh, what do you think joseph so sorry, really, really quickly, just to I just want to say one thing. I think for the development of the game, quote unquote, you know, the young players, but then I think as well, I think this is what Neil was mentioning or alluding to earlier is the point of, you know, at some point in the game, people get tired. But if you're going to have more fresh legs on the field, then the energy of the game potentially, you know, is kept up as well. So um, anyway, sorry, go ahead, Joseph. Yeah, um, so this substitution thing, it shouldn't have taken, what, how long has it taken? Um, well, not how long has it taken. It's um, it's taken a pandemic in order for them to take this shit seriously. There we go. That's the words I'm looking for. Yeah, it's taken a pandemic for them to go ahead and see sense here. Like, from a strategic aspect, three substitutions for each side seemed like the sensible thing to do you know it makes it exciting makes each substitution count um a little bit more or makes it feel that way at least i get it you know that's all lovely and and fun and and thrilling and wonderful 
But it's not sensible when you still have the same or even escalating demands on the players. So three substitutions is not going to, it's just not going to cut it, especially when you've used all your substitutes and you pick up an injury. That's far less likely to happen if you have five substitutes available to you. So, because you can at least use one of those and still have four to play with. I, I like the fact that this is finally being proposed. I hate the fact that it's taken people, you know, having either dying from or contracting and just about recovering from or just living in fear of contracting a virus that takes away your ability to breathe. <laughs> you know, so like it shouldn't have taken that for everybody to see that, oh, yeah, maybe we should go ahead and do these sensible things that we always had the ability to do before now. But, you know, getting away from that bit. Because it does stick a bit in the craw. When you get away from that, um, there's a lot to look forward to, I suppose. Um, I just... Mm. Actually, I take it back. I'm going to keep asking myself and everybody else why it took a pandemic for them to get to this point. Like, it just doesn't, I know it's something to get past at one point, but right now I'm just stuck on it. Because why? Why did it take this? for them to do one of the most sensible things that I've seen in terms of tweaking the rules, modernizing the game a bit, because we've been playing an old school game in a modern era and wondering why we have so many different problems because <laughs> we haven't kept up with the modern demands for the game that we all love to watch, play, etc. So yay for more substitutes, but boo yeah. for being, you know, the usual slower than molasses um, bureaucracy that just, doesn't make these sensible decisions when they should do. Yeah, talk about all all the muscle injuries Arsenal suffered over the past years. Um, it's ridiculous. And 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 yeah, so I, one thing you mentioned kind of got got my attention. It was on the the modern game, right, where players run way more than they they did in the past on average, um, and we can bring that number back down, but keep the tempo of the game. Up, right because that's one of the things that's one of the things that's exciting about uh watching liverpool play or the style they play is just, it's um all action right and you don't need everybody to be jordan henderson you can actually have skilled players on the field pressing and playing and doing their magic and hustling right um and then taking off when they when they and then they get tired right and you bring in another guy you don't need to have um, you don't need to have these incredible athletes whose top attribute is uh, just stamina, right? Like it, it, it. I think it helps. I think it, it would, it would make the game even more exciting for more teams, um, and may change um, what players get to bring to the table. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm all, in, all in favor of it. And you know what else this will also do? Five substitutes means that teams also have additional non-excuses to do what they should do when they buy all these bloody players. Play them. Like, we can finally... It will, it will, make, it will make it much more interesting in terms of being able to factor in more of youth into your setup and things of that nature, giving them first-team runouts. Because you can do that with the substitutes that you have. like. I just this this is 
a great thing that could have been done 10 years ago, but wasn't. And I know eventually I will get past this and I will get over this and I won't mention about how long it took this absolutely useless administration to do what they should have done 10 years ago. But letting that go for just two seconds, because that's all I can give you right now. This is a good thing. But you should have made the decision sooner. I just, it, I'm sorry. But it's, anyway, yes, great idea, wonderful stuff. But you should have made the decision sooner. I just can't get over this. Just, it's just, why didn't you make this decision sooner? Why are you so useless? Why are you spending too much time counting money and worrying about fixing racism with shaking hands? And you could have done sensible things the administrations of football leagues are supposed to do, such as increasing the amount of substitutions, changing um, the laws around whether or not a player can continue after getting a hand injury. Um, you know, sensible stuff. <laughs> but no, no, we had to wait 10,000 years for you to make a sensible decision. Okay, all right. I'm 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 letting it go. I'm going to try to let it go, starting right now. <laughs> but that's, that's well, no, right. I don't think. I, well, you know, Joseph, I don't I don't think you should let it go, and obviously we won't let it go. Um, it's not. This is something that, if uh, implemented, will impact not just league football, but also potentially world. Like, imagine the landscape changing for World Cup football as well. Imagine, um, yeah, great, great, great shout! Like that has needed a a big injection, like a big shot in the arm, to try and revitalize the competitions. Like the quality of the football has been good, but it has been kind of like on the slide during certain periods. Having right. introducing more substitutes, you know, introducing more substitutes is only is only going to give more people chances to not only play for their country but also for their country to dig into their um their talent pools a bit that also means that the 23 man um provisional sides and stuff can be expanded a bit to allow for more substitutions as well so now yeah. you could potentially bring about 32 people along with you if you want so you've got more options there like that's a good thing you know i, I yeah so i just Oh, you know what I'm going to say again in it. So I'm just going to try and let this go <laughs> right now. So, so what, is, what is the one down? I'm, I'm sorry. The one downside is the way folks use substitutions at the end of matches to kind of wind the clock down and kill actual playing time. Um, and I think you regulate for that, right? There's only one manager that did that, and he's currently managing Spurs. Um, <laughs> it's correct. There's, that's going. Were you going to say something, Joseph? I know you love. I know you love to talk about uh, the Mr. Mourinho. <laughs> I'm just. Can he retire again, please? Because I'm tired of talking about him. Like, like if he could retire and dedicate the rest of his life to finding his missing hairline, that would be fantastic. Because. That's all I have for Jose Mourinho at this stage. That is literally all I can give you. Like the guy is an absolute mercenary. He's a clown. He's a, he's just, uh, I don't have time. 
I just, I don't, I, I, I can't give you, not this week, maybe next week if he pisses me off and then I'll give you some fresh energy then. But right now I just want him to retire and be with his bald spot. And um, yeah, just, I just, I really hope the best for you because football is, is not the best for you. you you're actually fighting to try and salvage some sort of um, heyday that you you know, pissed up the wall at um, at uh, Chelsea when you came back. Like it's not it's it's not anybody's fault but your own. But you know, thanks for that. Now go away. <laughs> That's kind of where I'm at with it. Yeah, and I think to, to your point, Ama. I think there. You know, obviously, Jose Mourinho isn't the only um, the only one who is infamous for that kind of tactical egregious mistake. There are obviously other, you know, uh, there are obviously other managers who do that as well. And I think they should be docked for somehow um, by the, by the managing bodies of their league, by the respective leagues. I don't know how you would, I don't don't know how you would relegate that. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's a, it's obviously a longer conversation. We obviously at the Banter Pub FC podcast support the idea of five um, subs instead of three, uh, expanding on that and uh, making players' lives longer and their uh, playing time longer as well. Uh, and yeah, uh, thank you for listening to another great episode of the Banter Pub FC podcast. Join us next week as we do some deep dive on uh, players of the past um, and four players that made us appreciate the beautiful game. So thank you again for listening, and we look forward to bringing the beautiful game to you each and every week at the Banter Pub FC podcast.